Episode one of Crime Time with Clip and Judy. I am Clip. And I'm Judy. Hello, Judy. Hey. Why are we here? Let's talk about that for a moment. The who, what, when, where, why of Crime Time. Uh, the who is me and Judy. We've already discussed that. And you, the listener. The What is a podcast. You know, I thought there wasn't enough white people doing podcasts or podcasts about true crime. So I decided to make one. I think I think there's room for us. <laughs> there is. Um, and it is um, Judy and I have different likes, like a lot of couples. But one thing we have in common is we are fascinated by true crime true crime tv shows documentaries and so on what does that say about us that is a great question maybe we'll find that out as we do this <laughs> why <laughs> maybe why? we don't want to know we are not alone in this it is like a true crime boom with all the documentaries and everything going on so the who what when whenever you want to listen to this where wherever you want to listen it to (laughs) and the why which we kind of talked about but why are we fascinated by this i don't know but on this podcast we are going to talk about a particular case and go through it and one of the things i like most about it and i think we differ here it's kind of weird to me but so i like the the mystery aspect of it trying to guess who did it and how it was done and why it was done and you you <laughs> like spoilers i want to know everything right away i want to know everything i want i want to know it all <laughs> you, like so you'll like look up the case oh, while it. like in minute one yes why <laughs> you don't like participating in the detective work <laughs> I feel like I just wanted. I want to know what's coming. That, and you do that like in movies and shows too, right? Like yeah. we'll like we'll watch something and they'll be like, "Oh, did he do it?" I'll be like, "Just, just watch, just see." Yeah, no, uh, no. no thank you. <laughs> no, <laughs> not for you. Now, if I really like a show, I do not look at spoilers. I want it to unfold naturally. What's your favorite show currently is only, only murders, murders in the, the building. building. <laughs> Which is a fun show with Steve oh, Martin. It's my most favorite show ever. It's number really? one. Yes, number one. So today's case we're looking at. So we watched uh, season twenty, episode sixty-four of Dateline. What is it? What's your favorite true crime show? Is it Dateline? Because for a while mine was Forty Eight Hours Mystery, but now I guess I gotta go Dateline. There, it's a pretty close tie with those two, but yeah, I like Dateline. And there's there's like a million out there now. Like there's a whole channel dedicated to it yes. with Discovery. So whatever you're into, and this particular so clearly we aren't the only right. That makes me feel a little bit better. <laughs> sickos. Yes, we are not the only sickos out there. Hey, at least we're not the sickos committing the crimes. We're just watching from afar. So on a scale of normal to insane. We're not completely on the insane. Side. Maybe that's why we like it, right? Because we're like, "Hey, look at." We're be- we're like, yes. we're more adjusted than those people. Yes. I'm <laughs> that's morally why was- superior. I am not murdering people. And not that I heard you talking to our daughter about Honey Boo Boo earlier, but <laughs> there are a lot of programs you can watch to make yourself feel better about yourself. Yes, and it's kind of weird. It is. <laughs> it's. Uh, should we have like a? Um, a doctor with us talking. I, um, what do you call it? I don't really feel like that either one of us should be evaluated at this point. <laughs> <laughs> we need a professional on hand to tell us what we're uh, what we're all about. All right. So this particular case has been. Speaking of shows, we watched the Dateline episode. Paula's on on Discovery ID did an episode on this. It was also on uh, some other shows as well. Yeah, like like everybody has covered this. And if you are a watcher uh, of these shows, you've probably seen this case. And if not, um, we'll stick around because we're going to present it like Dateline to where we don't give spoilers, Judy. So for people like Judy, tune out. Or no, just fast forward to the end and find (laughs) out what happened. 
But I want to present it as they did because this is a very interesting case. I like the twist and the stuff like that, and this one had a few in them. Uh, it is so the Dateline episode is called "Written in Blood." There's a lot of puns out there for all the uh, shows this this case is on. It seems like everybody used that in the their title. Though. "Written in Blood." I think um, Paula's on. She mixed it up. She called it "Message in Blood." Oh. <laughs> so, um, we're calling it "Roc Rock." Why are we calling it Rock? You'll find out in a moment. <clears throat> and can't wait to talk about Rock. <laughs> All right. So this is uh, the victim here is Karen Pinnell. Uh, she was a model at one time, but currently a flight attendant. 39 years old in Oldsmar, Florida. We looked that up. That is like near Tampa-ish. What you said, she's a flight attendant, and I guess I missed it, but you said she worked at the... Tampa. Tampa Airport. Airport. Um, and so during the in these shows, they interview friends, family, um, suspects, everyone. The first person we meet is her friend Catherine from work, and she worked with her, and she said that she was pretty, funny, and smart, which... Everybody who gets murdered is... On these shows. Pretty funny and smart. They do not... And again, like... This is just how it is. They don't have a lot of, like, fat, ugly people being murdered on Dateline. I mean, am I right or wrong? You look at me like I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but that's what – is that what's fascinating about these shows, too? It's, like, attractive, quote-unquote, normal people being murdered. You know what I'm saying? But if we're saying we're drawn to it for all the twists and the turns, does it matter who the victim is? I don't know. But there's a reason they keep putting these white folks up there, and we're watching. <laughs> Maybe it's subconscious. I don't know. I mean, there there is something to that. Well, yeah, yes. I mean, but. Um, but you're right. Everybody who, if you watch enough of these episodes, if it's a man murdered or a man who did it, he was a pillar of the community, churchgoer. Like, it's all the same. I was worried. What if I get murdered? Wait. Oh, yeah, they will. She was the nicest. Oh, yeah. You were the absolute nicest. So friendly. Stunning. Stunning. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's how it is. You don't speak ill of the dead. And on television shows, you speak glowingly about everyone. Um, so Karen worked, uh, Catherine worked with Karen, the victim here. Karen did not show up to work on October 11th, 2003. So then we meet the current boyfriend, Tim Permenter. And so this on Dateline, they have different people do the episodes. Keith Morrison is the most famous. They do boys in the murder. Um, but other people also narrate these episodes. And this was uh, Dennis Murphy. So Dennis is talking to Tim, the current boyfriend, and Tim says that he called her at home and she didn't answer. So, well, are we not going to talk about how we're introduced to Tim? How are we introduced to him? How does he appear? Like they introduce us to him I guess at the time Current day. Yeah, and the, he just looks, when they show, like, the videos from... Uh, from the murder? From the murder. They show him, like, outside He doesn't of the even house. look like the same... Okay, we'll just say it. I, I said he kind of looked like a doofus. Like, and then they showed from the police footage, I guess, of him being outside the house the day of the murder... He kind of looked healthier and like... Right. He looks fit, attractive even. Yeah. Now, this episode aired, I want to say, in like 2012-ish. So, this is like nine years after took place. So, we're seeing Tim later. You're right. And we did... I did point that out, too. He goes to her house. And again, I'm trying to do this in the order they told us. So, why is he calling her that day or whatever? Anyway, 
Or do you want to say something? Well, he called. He called her earlier, right? And he said he was worried because yeah. she didn't answer. But then later, I gotta go check on it. Yes. So he goes there. Her front door was unlocked. Tim went in the house and immediately saw Karen's body in the kitchen. And there is a nine one one tape of him calling. Blood everywhere. Um, I'll mention that part later. So a detective comes on the scene. Police comes on the scene. They talk about how Tim goes and throws up in the yard. Yeah, which, that was weird, right? I don't know. I mean, what would my reaction be? I would. I don't know. Well, Tim calls Catherine, who we met earlier, her work friend, and told her that she had been stabbed. He didn't say she's bleeding, like, she's on the tell? floor. Now, I thought about this, too. I mean, you can probably tell the difference between if somebody's been shot or stabbed just because of the blood and stuff. But... She was stabbed in her, her chest. And like her, she was stabbed every, her back, her arms, and her hands. Do you really think you'd be able to tell the? I don't know, but when they said that on the Dateline, this is very early on. They jump right into this. Like usually, there's a little more backstory. They yeah. went right into it. I guess because there's a lot going on here, but I did find that interesting, and I did note that at the time that he told her friend. I mean, you know, pretty soon after he got there and seen it, that she had been stabbed, not that she was dead. And he also, they said that he stopped, like, all crying. He was, like, in a very calm Mm -hmm. tone. Uh, We then get some backstory on Karen. She has five older brothers, and her brother Mike is being interviewed, and he... Well, this is... I mean, we're going to hear more from Mike and everybody, but I guess at that time he said he had no theories on who could have done it. Which I think is normal. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. He he might say more later on in the episode. All right, so... All right, police obviously look at Tim first. So where's... What's Tim been up to? Oh, boy. He was at Karen's house the night before. So not only is he the person that finds her the day of the murder, he was also there the night before. He uh, dropped off a cat calendar. Now, you would really like Tim. <laughs> uh, he, I thought this was weird. She didn't even have a cat, though, did she? just thought she would like no it. there was no other mention of a cat yeah i think that was just like he saw a dollar cat calendar he went to this dollar general <laughs> dollar store and <laughs> said i'm gonna spend a dollar on my lady tonight yes all right but uh, yes i would love a cat calendar. <laughs> <laughs> uh so he didn't stay the night why because she had to work the next day we're going to talk about... Okay, well, we can go ahead and mention it. He spent the night with uh, friends an hour to the north. I typed that in my notes. I think they said that at the time. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll learn more about... These people act like... I'm sorry, not these but like Tim acts like a 10-year-old. He's like in his 30s, right? And he's having sleep. He's almost 40. Oh, We'll talk about it in a moment. Uh, police said Tim was more than cooperative, which he is being super cooperative. He is calling 911. He's calling her friend. He's talking to the police. He's being too cooperative, almost over cooperative. Uh, police say Karen put up a fight and had defensive wounds. And then I think it was the, um, I like the lady, the. Um, Mm, what do you call her, Judy? The, oh, the I wrote it down. Forensic scientist. Yeah, but she, yeah. I thought she was cool and did a good job on the case. But she said, um, quote, I can't believe what people do to each other, end quote. And, like, we get kind of numb to it watching all these episodes. No, I think that might just be it. I think she's on to it. That's why. That's why we're fascinated by why. Because we cannot believe that people do this and yet they do it over and over again yeah and these episodes are usually seven eight times out of ten like loved ones like somebody close a husband a wife a boyfriend a girlfriend a family member 
and like sure we like get in fights and all that but like this is uh it's a little much i can't believe what people do to each other i'll tell you that down because it's true yeah also why i would not be in that line of work like i like watching it from afar but i don't like blood or i don't like conflict period well i think that's i think it's kind of removed from it right i don't know i think it's like a thank goodness that these people want to do that right because absolutely they are the they are solving these yes. crimes. they're getting justice for these victims yes exactly and we were talking about too like is this exploitation like even us talking about it or oh, in all yes. these shows yes. but you did say too and you you acknowledge that it it is and there's kind of a gross aspect to it but also it does help bring justice sometimes and i don't know like so many families agree to go on and talk about it maybe it helps them in some way too i don't know maybe it's just some of the details that i just can't it feels like such an invasion yeah of privacy yeah i don't know it's all i guess if you're dead you don't have privacy (laughs) yeah and i don't know we're not going to get any answers as to why we're fascinated by this but we will continue to ask the question and talk about it throughout these all right um so tim was cooperative all right so they're looking at the scene and they say there's a cable box open like maybe somebody was trying to cut cable electricity cut oh, lights yeah outside and the, the so they're trying to yeah good the patio door was forced open right uh there was a knocked over bird bath by the cable box <laughs> um so it looked like it could be a burglary <laughs> <laughs> so there's a joke on pirate radio where b pays couldn't say burglary and sometimes I say it wrong now because I've said burglary so much. <laughs> burglary. <clears throat> um, also, before we get to the big moment, I would like to add that I we did a little extra reading and looking at some other stuff. Dateline did not mention, because right now they're just looking for suspects. Could it be Tim? Uh, could it be a random you know, thief going in? So they talked to neighbors. Neighbors said there was a suspect in a bank robbery that lived close to Karen. Uh, They checked him out. That didn't go anywhere. Tim also told police that Karen was trying to get more alimony money from her ex-husband. She was previously married, uh, which we'll learn more about in a moment. But So there were a few things and some other things Dateline did not mention about this. But right now they're just trying to get all the suspects. And we don't have much. But Dateline has kept something from us. A ginormous clue, something crazy. <laughs> there are the there are three letters painted in blood on the wall in the kitchen. R-O-C. Rock. Which forensics lady was asking the same question you were in another ep- in another thing I watched, the Paula Zahn episode. She said R and O is pretty clear, but what is that third letter? Is that something that is not fully formed? Is it another O? Could it be a G? Because you were kind of questioning that yeah. too. Yes. On the C. I thought it was funny that they kept saying it was so clear that it was R O C, and it wasn't clear to me. And but now we're in a a movie, a murder mystery. Like now, this is. This is different. So that is why I kind of chose this case. So Karen is almost speaking from the dead, trying to to point out who killed her. What is Rock? Is it initials? Is it ROC? Again, is it like Roger? Is it, you know, Roberto? I don't know. So, <laughs> But ROC is painted in blood on the wall. Very creepy. Very creepy commercial. And then we go to a commercial, and Lester Holt says, Who or what is rock? (laughs) Like, yeah, we want to know, Lester. So they could have told us this at the very beginning, but this is an hour-long TV show, so they had to stretch it out. Um, But that's creepy. I mean, 
I like stories like this, and we'll. They said multiple times that Karen was a fighter, but like um, when the victims get the, uh, they scratch their attacker and it has DNA, like oh, it yeah. could actually help solve the case. Yeah. So it sounds like she and she was described as a fighter and everything, but in this case, apparently she's writing letters in blood on a wall. All right, so we go back to the Dateline, um, and immediately they go away from Rock. Uh, what is Rock? Uh, Tim met Karen at the BMW dealership. That he, he was a car salesman, and Tim thought she was the one. Um, now, did she – she was trying to lease a car. Did she even lease the car from him? I don't know. But I like that you're that detailed that you picked up on that. So I wrote notes during this. You didn't. And so you've got some stuff I don't have. And I don't know. She didn't have a cat. She didn't have a car. (laughs) (laughs) Well, her car was in the driveway. but That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Are you saying Tim couldn't seal the deal, get the job done? I'm saying that. We're going to learn more about Tim in a moment. But who is Rock? What is Rock? Sorry I yelled. Lily. <laughs> uh, we find out that Karen and her brothers were military brats. Brother Mike is uh, interviewed throughout this, says she was interested in family first, and she could have been anything she wanted to in life. So um, they thought very highly of her. So this was this is tough. Mike says they're at the fu- the viewing at oh, the funeral. Gosh, this was just terrible. And she has visible stab wounds on her hands. And they like they cover it up with like a. They flower moved or the flowers so you couldn't see. Yeah, that's terrible. Um, all right, we'll, we'll get more information on Tim and his whereabouts. And again, I'm doing this in order of the Dateline episode. Yes, I want to know what Rock is too, <laughs> but they're not giving it to us right now. We've got this giant clue. Maybe we should just. But if you focus on that, the episode's over, and yeah. so you can't. You gotta. You gotta stretch it out. Um, police say Tim, and you picked up on this, and I did not. I was like, so I wrote this down. Police say Tim stayed with George Solomon and his girlfriend. So <laughs> here's the whole thing on that. Later, I learned that George Solomon was his roommate. And then you said, well, they didn't even stay with the dude. They stayed at George's girlfriend's house. And I was like, huh? Yes, but, I asked. How, I know. How many times did you go to a sleepover at your buddy's girlfriend's house? At the age of 40. <laughs> so, And this is what I wanted to hit on. So he didn't stay with her the night before because she had to work the next day. And maybe that's her call. But I feel like we're adults now you like if you have a boyfriend or girlfriend you spend the night with them because you're an adult and you can do those things and still get up early and go to work in the morning so even when he said that early in the episode i didn't stay over there because she had to work the next day what does that have to do with anything or maybe he was trying to make himself look you know good like oh i don't you know don't spend the night I spend the night at my friend's girlfriend's uh, house. Yes. <laughs> Again, it's all like 10-year-old behavior. Like, oh, it's a school night. Can't stay over. But I can go to a sleepover at George and his girl's house. It's, it was very strange to me. It's very odd. Very strange. And Tim Tim tells a story. So, I don't know. That was uh, That was weird to me. All right. Um, oh, I typed in my notes what 40-year-olds are having sleepovers. You had the same question, and it was even weirder when you pointed out to me that it wasn't even his friend's house. It was his girlfriend's yeah. house. And she has a – didn't she had like – She has kids, kids there. I don't know how many, or, but there were kids involved too. Um, okay, here's something that they didn't tell us, and they could have gone into a lot more detail and didn't. Tim had a police record. I can't believe that they did not go into this. So he, what did Tim do? He ran an escort service. When he was was 20 years old. (laughs) He was making $6,000 a day. He was making $6,000 a day as a pimp. He had a, he had an office. I mean. 
<laughs> Tim's Escort. He, like, you could walk in, I guess, and place your order for the evening. And he was making loot. By the way, pimping ain't easy is the phrase. But if this <laughs> moron can do it, anybody can do it. I'm going to say maybe pimping is easy. Uh, very easy. Um, and they say he went to jail and leave it at that. And they don't even say it's about the – they say he got in a a little shootout or something like that. <laughs> they said gunfight because I did oh, – uh, I typed that down. And then they move on. But it wasn't. But my detective here had to see what he would – like, I was just ready to move on, too. I was like, okay. It was for attempted kidnapping and attempted murder of one of the escorts. He spent over 10 years. 12. 12 years in jail. For that. And he also did try to murder the competition. Yes. He's trying to kill rival pimps. And, again, Dateline's got a story to tell here. But they're they're leaving out a lot. Yeah, they should have made this a two hour. <laughs> I know, um, because saying Tim has a police record, which is what they said on the show. Maybe he only agreed to do interview the, them yeah, or to do the to interview. interview if they didn't talk about that. Because he was very self conscious. He was he hated talking about that yes. stuff in the past. Yeah, maybe you're right, but boy. Saying you have a police record and then we have to look it up ourselves and find out he spent 12 years <laughs> in prison is a pretty different, you know, deal. Yeah. All right. Well, back to Tim. It says his alibi checked out, which means his friends said he was there oh, where yeah, he said he we was. We had a sleepover. Yeah. Sleepover was on. Um, police also said it was not a home invasion. So where are we right now? Who is Rock? Well, guess what, Judy? It didn't take long to find out who or what ROC was. Rock is the nickname, the name of an ex-boyfriend of Karen's. And and he is something. Well, we found him. Case closed. She wrote his name. They found out who it was. They arrest him. He's in jail. Episode over. Judy enjoyed it. Thank you for coming. No, try again. <laughs> <laughs> Not so fast, my Not friend. So fast. Uh, that's why this is um, an intriguing case because there is a rock, and they go meet him, and he became the prime suspect. And Rock was no angel himself, but he's very charming. Judy is uh, very. <laughs> you, uh, I was gonna say judgmental, but that's mean. <gasps> But if somebody does something, I don't know. You've given me second chances before, so maybe I shouldn't be so harsh. Yeah, really. How about this? I was shocked at how much you liked Rock. Oh, come on. Who like who wouldn't like Rock? He got in. He physically assaulted her. Well, he, you know, he said she assaulted him. See, I, I was shocked at how... Like, he charmed you. It was his blue eyes. It was his whole... No, I don't... No, you just never lay your hands on a woman. But... But! I, but! <laughs> ignore everything I said. <laughs> but he... No, I even said, too, that I would love to hang out with this guy. Yeah. I mean, until he beat me up. <laughs> uh, but bottom line, he was a charmer. Yeah. I guess. And... and he just didn't seem scary. But he <laughs> <laughs> seemed like a normal guy. You Are we not going to talk about his eyes? We're gonna, uh, yeah, they're they're bluer than the ocean blue. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're incredible. Um, we got so much to talk about. He was Rock. so jovial. I know, and very came off kind of real, right? Like, yeah, but I, I think maybe his life is because now he's with a. A new partner, and I believe he's there's a, a child he's involved. He's a family man. Yeah. So again, this is like ten ten years after the the murder, um, and we're going to talk a lot about Rock. <laughs> so Rock had legal problems. Uh, currently worked at a bar, bar uh, body shop. He's a Harley guy. So 
Oh, but he drugs had been involved. And he, he yes. So he quit the drugs. And this is something too about Karen. Karen. So they said she had MS and was coming off a divorce at the time she met Rock. So I guess she had just been diagnosed and was coming off a divorce. And her brother Mike said she lost a lot of her self esteem, and maybe that led to dating some not so great guys like yeah. Rock. Because we yeah. talked about her, that when we were her, watching. Her picker is broken. Because, and and maybe it's being in Florida. There's not a lot of options. Not slambins. <laughs> Florida man is everywhere, <laughs> and and Mike and I think her friend, her friend Catherine too, said Karen could have done better, but. She liked the bad boy, I guess. Yeah. Um, and her friend Catherine said Rock was not a nice guy and was creepy and that he did not deserve her. Judy, you're going to fight this woman for talking about <laughs> Rock that way? Um, we both commented on Rock's outfit he chose to wear during the interview with you, Dennis Murphy. Do you think that was his good, his good shirt? Uh, so it was... <laughs> I wrote down he has a cut-off denim vest, but you said you think it might have been, like, full-sleeved, and he did a, a little... Shirt. That was a a denim shirt that he ripped the sleeves off of, it looked like. So it wasn't a vest. It was a, a shirt, a button-up shirt. Was, yeah. And he ripped the sleeves yes. off of it. Yes. And uh, and that's who Rock is. He's a sleeveless like denim a, guy. That was an outfit choice. That was a decision. Yeah. You're on national TV. I mean, I'm not a tie guy. I'd probably go polo or something. But now I kind of want a sleeveless denim shirt. <laughs> and maybe if I was more like Rock, you would, you would like me more. Other than the beating. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I am I'm interested in What if in I that. came home with blue contacts, a Harley, and a denim <laughs> sleeveless? What would you do? Um, no. <laughs> um, now, police were called several times for abuse. But, and and we'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and hit on all this. So... Rock has a cutoff denim shirt, big necklace. <laughs> um, so Rock says that he used drugs. Karen drank, and they got in a lot of fights. Which and it was bad. They toxic. were not. They were not good for each other. Right. Yeah. Uh, Rock said Karen probably liked him because he was a bad boy yeah. and was not like the normal. Uh, Rock said Karen would get violent. I wrote down he talks like Ron White. He reminds me of the blue collar comedy tour. Ron White mixed with former Washington running back John Riggins, uh, for those at home who have not Googled this uh, rock guy yet. Um, let's see. So this was interesting. There's a but, – but we're quickly learning that rock didn't he, do it. Yeah. Like, we learned that pretty early on. <clears throat> but – there is a uh, piece of furniture, a roll-top desk. I don't know what that is. What is a roll-top desk? It's just a, a desk that has a the top that rolls up and down. <laughs> That's right there in the, the title. Um, he has a piece of furniture that is still in her house. Tim, uh, the boyfriend, says that he used that to try to get back over there and see Karen. Like, I need my desk. And Tim saying that Karen was like, oh, he just wants to come over and see me. He doesn't really care about the desk. But also, she was not giving up the desk. She did not give up the desk. And, and I don't, I didn't get that vibe from him. He wanted his desk back. He did not want her back. He wanted his desk. I don't know. I think uh, Rock might play some games, some head games. Oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. All I know is he did not get it back. Karen was not giving that dang desk back. So. Did Rock murder her over the desk? No. I'll go ahead and tell you no. <laughs> no, he did not. Um, so, uh, Brother Mike says Karen was tough. Karen did not give back the desk. It was still there on the day of her murder. Yes. Still in the it's house. It's in the photos from the right. crime scene. Uh, Rock says he wasn't in Karen's area during the murder. So, he lives like... we. He lives... Um, it was like an hour away. Some right? said an hour and then two. It was like over an hour away. Um, and Rock is like freaked out when he hears about the Rock thing. 
He's like, well, well, well your like, name is written in her kitchen in blood. Well, can we talk about that for a minute, though? An hour away, is that really a good alibi? No, it's not. Because I thought about that with uh, Tim, too, saying, oh, I was way, I was, I an, was away. An hour or two away is not a good alibi, but. Right. No, I agree with you. Um, so, Rox hears about the uh, blood. He was like, whatever. He said. I got nothing to hide. I will say my fingerprints are going to be all over the house because I basically lived there for a year. And I've heard guilty people say that before. Yes. Rock just gave up a, off a I didn't do it vibe yeah. from the start. But I've heard guilty people say some of the things he said. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so, and then he said... <laughs> So Dennis was like, did you get combative with him? And he was like, no. Well, well, when they took off the end of my finger, I did. They were trying to get a fingernail, and they cut off the end of my finger. And I said, I'm done after that. Can <laughs> you just, imagine? That was like. I, I, I bet he exaggerated that a little, too. I don't know. But he is such a character. But he said he was, like, willing to talk. And then they cut off the end of his finger. And he's like, I'm done with y'all. So. I don't know. That does seem a little dramatic. Like, <laughs> you could end up in jail for the rest of your life. Just, you're right. Or you could just suck it up. So I guess they wanted a fingernail for like DNA. Is right, that what just, it was? Yeah. And they and he said they clipped all. They probably just cut his nail too short or something. I mean that does hurt though. Oh yeah, I would be like upset about it for sure. Um, forensic specialist. Um, I wrote down her name, Anna Cox. I like her. She uh, did all kinds. Of, so they start doing. So they're like, well, Rock didn't write this. Like, we don't we don't think he was there. So who did this? So she starts doing all these uh, experiments. Is that the <laughs> word? That sounds very childish. Uh, test? Test. Yes, she was testing. Test. That's a good word. Well, he didn't write it. He wouldn't have written his own name. Oh, yeah, duh. I, mean, I didn't mean – I meant to say she – did she really write this? That's what I was trying to say. Obviously, he didn't write his name. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Did she really write it? And uh, Anna Cox concluded that she did not. They did. They did a, a test where it was written twenty minutes after because the blood spatter uh, was was dry underneath so when rock was written on the wall none of the other blood that was already there moved it saying it was smear. dry it did not smear correct so thank it you had dried and she had to do she had to do tests like she would splatter blood and then right on top of it and like five minutes later ten minutes later right. and 20 minutes was the magic yes number. so at least 20 minutes after she had been under this attack um that rock was written on the wall by someone she concludes is not Karen. So now we have. Oh, you can talk about the glove. Uh, we will talk about the glove. Okay. Um, right now. Okay. <laughs> um, well, before they mentioned that, she said she didn't write it with her finger. And there's a couple of reasons why they came to that conclusion. But one was, like, the pattern in, w in which it was written. Like, she could tell it did not come from a finger. It came from some substance, like a... It had, like, a bubble print or the something. The pattern or whatever. Pattern, circle pattern. Right. Now, in the photos, there is a glove. There's one garden glove that is at the scene. And then there is one missing. And she says, oh, my God. What about that glove? She goes, buys some gloves just like that, writes it in, and says that is the exact pattern. So good police work here to find that out. Also, they mentioned Karen was left-handed, and Karen's left hand did not have blood on it. It was on her like right index finger. And she never wrote with her right hand. She only wrote with her left hand and used her left hand. Also, they didn't mention this, but it seemed like it was written bigger than a woman's finger you know what i'm saying yeah 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 it was almost like it was like a magic marker instead of a pencil type thing yes so 
Anyway, that so now they're like some whoever did this wrote Rock trying to frame him. Um, oh, they did mention also over ninety percent of her spinal cord was damaged by the attack, and there's no possible way she wouldn't have even been yeah. able to write it. She was terrible, incapac- incapacitated. Uh, Rock was being framed. Um, Rock is cleared. It and I, I thought about this when I was watching it too, and it's kind of obvious, but it did enter my mind. Like, okay, well, that means that this is not random. This is somebody that was close to her, in fact, very close to her, that knew about Rock, that knew that's how he spelled his name, R O C. There was no K in it. Um, so it had to be somebody very close to her, and somebody that is trying to frame him, set him up. Uh, and Rock says, and I was like, well, that's that's not a bad idea, I guess, if you're going to try to get away with it to do that. And Rock said, that was not a smart thing to do. And he's right, because now the pool of people is very small. You know, it's yeah. not a random intruder. You have nothing to add to that. No. <laughs> you covered it. It's somebody very close to her. Uh, police look at some other men. And but can we say, again, it's very, like, childish, like like somebody who sees death, like, uh, on a, you know, on a TV show. Like, the, everybody has this dying declaration of who who done it. Yeah. And then it, that just doesn't happen. Yeah. And we'll talk about this in every episode, too. You You think you're smart, but... So does everybody who's ever been in these episodes, and they don't get away with it. Yeah. You're not smarter than anyone else. Um, so they look at other men in her life. There was a pilot who's been sending texts, but he's got a good alibi because he's flying planes. So it's not him. So right now we're at Tim, Rock, ex-husband, pilot guy, bank robber. Like, that's who we've been introduced to so far. So it's it's got to be somebody close um now every boyfriend's been ruled out other than tim according to dateline although they said that he had an alibi and it checked out so i don't know if they had ruled him out at this point or if they kind of start focusing in on him again since he found her and made the 911 call i don't think he'd been he probably hadn't been completely ruled out they just started looking at other stuff. I mean, they focused on Rock. They thought they had their guy because yeah. it was written well. on the wall. But <laughs> but Rock charmed their pants off. Uh, we go back to Catherine, the friend. She said that she did not know why she stayed with Tim. And it just sucks because Karen, I mean, like they keep saying this about every man in her life. Like she just picks some duds. It stinks. It's terrible. I know. Um Tim is a scumbag. He lied about being a Navy SEAL. He didn't tell her about his criminal record. Which, how long had they been dating? Did they say that? Like a couple months. Okay. Two or three months. But why would you? I I just feel like that's really risky, right? Why would you tell uh, somebody who's grown up in the military? Oh yeah, she was a mili in a military family. I'm sure red flags were going off for her. Like yeah. Because I'm sure he didn't know anything about. Yeah. Just, I don't know. Lying about a Navy SEAL, especially to her, you're right. Being in the family is worse, I think, than hiding the criminal past. He had scars. Were they, what were the scars from? Um, I don't know. But he said that they were from, like, combat battle or something. Right, and maybe that was the, the gunfight. Oh, yeah, right. That was from his pimp days. Oh, by the way, then Dateline drops this on us. He spent more than a decade in jail. Okay, we should have known that from the beginning, Dateline. Thanks for bringing that on us. And then they show us Tim's tattoo. Remember the tattoo? I mean, I don't... (laughs) He has a tattoo that says Escort King, and it has a picture of an extremely ugly woman. (laughs) Oh, I mean, a terrible tattoo. Maybe, you know, oh, goodness. I hope you didn't pay a lot of money for that. (laughs) All right. uh, Brother Mike says Karen wanted to get away from Tim. Uh, She told Mike that he had choked her, but never filed a police report. Sounds like Karen might have been a a fighter, too. But she uh, these guys were terrible. 
Now, another, um, another Google search says that she did call the police, um, and that's how she found out about his past. He had left oh. already. He had left already, but the the cop that came out, he looked him up. Uh, and he said, hey, this, you know, he told her, he said, hey, this is a bad dude. Oh, okay. And so she had just, I don't know how, I don't know the the, the timeline for when she found that out. I'm going to guess really soon. So, and you said they were only together for a couple months. I didn't write, I don't remember that. But, like, yeah, it seemed it like that. she was trying to maybe get away from it. Yeah, she was just, like, I don't think, uh, I don't think she was as into him as he was into her. I think she was also very brave, having all those brothers, military family. Like, she probably thought she could take care of herself, like, yeah. physically. Like, yeah. Like, why would you not get some help or something? She probably thought, hey, I could beat this guy's ass, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> And um, I don't know. I don't know. So um, the tech dude, there was a detective that said she had bruises around her neck, according to people she worked with. She wore a turtleneck in the summer. Yeah, yeah. That was sad. All right. Uh, we get to a new clue, Judy. A pizza box on the counter. Tim's fingerprint was on the pizza box. Why is that important? Because originally he told the cops he was gone at 730. The pizza was delivered at 848. So his timeline is being changed here. Um, and they looked at that as a very important detail. Tim was not where he said he was uh, when he called his friend on the night of the murder. Uh, his 911 call was hitting the same cell tower as where he was the night before the murder. So the 911 call was placed in her front yard or in her house. Uh, cell tower had the same hits the night before the murder, meaning he was there later than he originally said he was uh he was brought in again he told the same story and then he gives us the um i'm i'm terrible with times i i don't he i saw on the paula's on thing he was like it could have been a couple of days ago and i would say you know a week ago <laughs> okay dude yeah no nah um he tells dennis Later in the Dateline episode, oh, yeah, I was there when the pizza was delivered. And he said, I'm horrible at days and times. Now, we learned, you learned, they didn't mention this in Dateline, he ate the pizza. Yeah, what was he doing while, what was happening during the 20 minutes, right, between the blood splatter and the writing of rock? He was eating three slices of pizza. And you said her... Her stomach was empty. Yeah. And what you said some about the pizza delivery guy. The pizza delivery guy said that she was flirty, and the guy in the house was getting upset about her being flirty with the pizza delivery guy. It's not looking good for Tim right now, and Tim um, is arrested. He says he's being targeted for his criminal record. He loves to play the victim on him being a pimp 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever it was. Um, they then highlight that Tim told Catherine Karen's work um, co-worker that she had been stabbed before anybody had told him she'd been stabbed. I thought that was important, but also you might could tell she was stabbed and not shot. I don't know. I don't think when people say things like that, I don't think you say how, like you say they were murdered. They were there, or they're dead. They're you don't dead. even know if they're, mur they're murdered. It could they're... have been suicide. It could have been anything. Right, but you don't. He was. Say, yeah. You don't give the details like that. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, now, George Solomon, the friend, the roommate, said, "I thought this was kind of glossed over." Yeah, this was nuts. They like casually throw in. The Tim thing. admitted to him that he committed the crime. Like, hello. They mention that in a sentence and never go back to really it. don't really cover that. Because this is a case where you don't have somebody admitting to it. Do they have a murder weapon? No, they never found it. They that. don't have a murder weapon. It's very circumstantial. I would think that this George guy would be a key part of it if you're going to convict him for murder, right? Uh, Tim's lawyer says it was all circumstantial evidence. He's, his lawyer said that Tim should have been drenched in blood. 
and they show a picture of Tim, and he's like showing off his hands and everything, and he's clean. An entire day later. But you pointed out that okay, yeah, that was like twenty four hours later. He hung out in the Dredgeston. He probably had taken multiple showers. Right now, I did find it interesting. There was no blood in his car. Well, they did, did they check her drain? I don't know. So you don't find that? I think he could have showered. Yeah. Um, I mean, we can know other famous cases where there won't a lot of blood on the. It doesn't. Um, I don't think it. I don't think blood goes all over you when you're stabbing somebody. Hmm. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> in my expert opinion. <laughs> um, so. I'm looking at you, OJ. The juice? Okay, more. Uh, hey, there was a missing glove in this one, too. Yes, so many. What if Tim's like an OJ stand? Interesting. Um, Tim continues to say just like dumb, childish things. He said. Why would George let me sleep over there with his wife and kid if I told him I murdered somebody? I mean, come on. That does, the, that is kind of valid. Oh, whatever. <laughs> so when you're doing your adult sleepovers <laughs> and when you're Fred, so when Chandler comes to spend the night <laughs> and he tells you that he's He murdered, just murdered somebody. And you'd be like, oh, okay, well, you can go out there and sleep in the... In the living room. Okay, no, I probably I would have called the police. Okay. Uh sorry, Chandler. I'm no rat, but murder, you know. He's not gonna murder anybody. That's why it's a okay example. They said that about Tim. They said that about Rock. I mean, did they really say that about Tim? <laughs> no, I'm gonna say they didn't. <laughs> His uh, record says otherwise. Tim's lawyer thought the state did not meet the burden of proof during the trial. We didn't get too much about the trial because, again, it's all circumstantial I, evidence. Yeah, it was like over. Like, whoop. Yeah, it was. It was fun. But after this was four years after the murder, the trial, the jury found him guilty after four hours. So um, usually I like doing cases where there's, well, I, I mean, I where there's like, undeniable proof and we get a confession and all that we didn't get that in this case but you think the right man is in jail do you think a man that spent 12 years in jail is going to confess to any crime well his whole thing this whole time was him crying to himself about being too cooperative he's like look what this got me look what being the good guy got me like he's trying to paint himself as a hero the whole time it was really gross and disgusting. Yeah. Um, so he received a life sentence. Now you told me the jury. The jury voted to for the death penalty, but I didn't. I didn't find any um, reason why the judge decided not to. I guess because there's just because there's there was no a, murder weapon and stuff. I I don't know. Or I don't, maybe there were like. You know, there've been cases where they kind of suspend that. Maybe the. Maybe that was up in the air, the death penalty. Well, they give him life and not uh, the death penalty. And now, so this, you brought this up at like minute five of the podcast. (laughs) Now they do the camera pan away and we find out that Tim's been in prison. Now we've seen enough Dateline episodes that we can kind of pick out. Like Dateline tries to hide it because they do want to do this mystery story. Yeah. Um, but we could tell pretty early on that, like... And the fact that they kept showing the side-by-side photos of him, present day, him, right, was right. pretty her, which I thought is a weird... Yeah. Well, and the side-by-side of him at the time where he's tan and healthy-looking, like you mentioned before. Right, but they didn't show that Tim next to pretty Karen. They showed pale inmate inmate tim inmate tim interesting so you put your you got your own clues over there working <laughs> um so that is why tim is so pale and frail pale and frail because he's been locked up i thought all that prisoners do is lift weights not tim tim's probably running some kind of scheme in there like I bet he is yeah he's uh he's the boss I just can't believe he was a successful pimp. It really makes me feel bad about myself. I need to apply myself more. 
to things. I really can you. Are there podcast notes? Can you put pictures and podcast notes? Because I feel like that tattoo needs to be shared. <laughs> that should be the cover art for yes, this. Uh, yes. What was it? Uh, King? What was it? Escort King? Yeah, I mean. Maybe that should be the title of the like, episode. <laughs> so did she not see that? Did they? Oh, good question. That would be a red flag, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tim still says he's innocent. Dennis says, hey, now if you want to confess, you know, it might it might be great for her family. They're still suffering through this. And he's like, I did not do it. I'll be sitting here when I'm 80. I didn't do it. I'll never say I did it. Uh, detectives say that what really got him was him lying about his alibi, faking the alibi, and writing rock on the wall. Like, why that, would you do that? Why yeah, would anybody do that? It, it, so, I mean, he did that. So if it wasn't, he, if it wasn't <clears throat> him, who else could correct. have done that and known that? Good question. And there's no other answer, really. Um, they asked Rock what he would do if he was able to sit down with Tim. <laughs> he said, he was like, now in this hypothetical scenario, am I restrained? And Dennis was like, should we tie you down to the chair? He was like... Well, let's just say it wouldn't be a pleasant, it wouldn't be a lot of pleasantry shared. Like, he's such a character. He is, he's really funny. Um, so there's that. And uh, a couple other things. Oh, so what is, what is the motive? Because there's no money. Is it like jealousy because she didn't want him? Rejection. rejection. It's 100% rejection. You think he flirts, she flirts with the pizza guy and that set him off? Like, that was the last straw? Like, you like everybody but me. And there was a fight? I think if you're feeling a certain kind of way, and that just was like, you know, that could have been the... Breaking point or whatever? Yeah, the yeah. straw. Because there's no good motive other than that for this case. Well, he's a terrible human being. There's that. You don't need a good reason when you're a psychopath. Yeah. But you need something. You need, I don't know. You need a pizza delivery guy to be flirted with. I don't know. Like, was it pre planned? Well, that is also kind of weird, though, right? What is what is she doing? She might have just been being nice. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe she was like, if you don't like somebody, you like flirt with somebody else in front of them, like to say, I really don't like you. I don't know. Maybe she he didn't take a hint, and she was trying to. I don't know. I'm not going to blame her at all. Oh, and gosh, I know you're no. not either. I'm not blaming her, but, but I'm just saying it's just weird. Yeah. Well, Tim. I don't know. I just can't believe he got as far in life as he did. I can't believe he had a, a job at the. I know. He probably scammed his way into that. Probably so. Uh, let's see some things Dateline didn't talk about. Uh, we mentioned the. Um, why Tim was arrested. We mentioned the pizza, which I found very interesting. Dateline should have mentioned that. He had he ate some pizza. You said three slices, right? Well, they seem to think, like, because that really much, that made the case, right? That that. No, they, yeah, they did focus on the pizza, but they didn't talk about him eating it. But because it's hard to have, his fingerprints were on the pizza box. Correct. And your fingerprints can't be on the pizza box when, I guess that's when he became... You know, back in the spotlight. That right. That's what put him right back in. Because yeah. You can't, you can't have your hand on the pizza box if you're on the way to your sleepover. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if his fingerprint was not on that box. I, I feel like they probably still would have got around to him somehow. But that was, you're right, that kind of opened well, the door. what other evidence would there have been to? Yeah. I don't know. But that, that screwed up his timeline, to which he says, I don't know time very well. I don't know. Central. Makes me nervous. My, like, my son is the person that, he, I don't remember what I was doing. <laughs> so when you watch, do you, like, find yourself, this is probably very weird behavior, but, like, thinking of alibis? Yes. Like, I always think, I never know what day of the week it is or what time it is. Oh, but I think you got mad at me <laughs> on Sunday when I went out and I got y'all uh, dinner. 
because you left the house and you didn't even tell me. I didn't even know you were gone. <laughs> Who's going to believe me that I didn't know and you where said, you went? You were like, this is how much we watch these shows. But I got, you were like, and I, so now investigators going to ask when you leave. And, and you're like, I don't know when he left. I don't know what he has on. <laughs> you don't know what I'm wearing. So, yeah, we are, I can guess what car he's in, but <laughs> it's only shot in that one. Maybe we're uh, too obsessed with these things. All right, that was uh, episode one, Judy, of uh, Crime Time with Clip and Judy. We uh, we talked through it. Uh, Karen Pinnell and her murder by Tim Permenter. So, uh, I don't know. I guess we'll we'll come back and do another one. If you have, like, favorite cases or stuff you want us to look at, you can hit me up on the tweeter machine or whatever. But, um, Judy, thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, now we can go home together. Okay. All right.